Because we like to keep our lights on, now a word from our sponsor. Founded in 2011 and headquartered in New York City, SongTrust maintains the most extensive accessible publishing network in the industry with a global network of direct society collections with 45 plus performance, mechanical, and digital societies globally covering 120 plus territories. SongTrust is owned and operated by Downtown Music Holdings. And now, friends, I have a deal for you. Visit songtrust.com forward slash pubcast and take advantage of their 20% discount off the one-time registration just for listening to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. And now, let's get on with our episode. On this episode of the Nashville Pubcast, we're sitting with Daniel Lee, GM VP Creative, and Noreen Purnier of Altadena, a newly formed joint venture with hit producer Busby and Warner Music. We dive into the Nashville pop scene. Super excited to be sitting with Daniel Lee and Noreen Purnier today and um, to be discussing pop music, really, and also their own company, Altadena. Altadena. I see I almost messed, tried to mess that up, too. Altadena Music that they just started. How long have you guys been around now? Uh, officially about six months, really. Yeah. It's, yeah, kind of new off the ground. Because the way it came together, we have clients we've been in business with uh, a lot longer than that. Because um, it sort of came out of the work that Buzz, me and I were doing uh, while we were both at BMG. But since the official launch, it was uh, July, August 2018. What was the impetus or the, the brainchild behind you guys getting out and starting your own thing? I, I think it really grew out of, of artist and career development. Um, Busby and I worked together for about six and a half years at BMG. We were signing some things to his uh, joint venture on the publishing side. I uh, started talking about wanting to get deeper into artist development. First person we brought in on that front was Carly Pierce and had success there. I uh, looked at signing a couple other things and it just became more and more about how do we build careers and writing and pitching songs was definitely still part of it, but um, but it was expanding beyond that. And so that was sort of the seed for it. You guys definitely uh, had a good run together at BMG. I was I was jealous because I just had gotten a start to work with him when I was at BMG and then uh, <laughs> decided to part ways with BMG and start my, my own company as well. But you guys uh, started really with a bang and you, you've done such a great job. But now, as we are getting into the other side, not just speaking on country, is is the goal with your new company to do both sides? I assume it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there were already a couple a couple clients signed under the LA side of the publishing JV, and so the new company is essentially three separate partnerships that are under one umbrella. There's a label imprint with WBR Warner, which is Warner LA essentially, although we're able to sign things through the Nashville division as well on the label side, and then a publishing JV with Warner Chapel that covers Nashville and Los Angeles. And then we have a partnership with Red Light as well that is meant to uh, give us some resources and, and kind of an incubation vehicle for, for new talent. Do you have anybody on staff This is a little sidebar on the management side, or are you just using them to assist on that side? So the way we're structured currently, and, and we are still building it out. I mean, you know, again, the, the, the structure and the company itself in the current form is, is pretty young. Uh, we're fortunate to be able to bring Noreen on as actually the first employee. Uh, she and I had met when she was an intern at BMG. Uh, Busby uh, met her as well during that time. She wound up getting hired on there. And then uh, at the time she left, she was she was being pursued by several other 
top level managers and publishers in town. And, and we just recognized what a great young creative she was. So she came over to essentially oversee the creative parts of what we're doing. And then we have a uh, marketing director in Los Angeles who was uh, Rob Light's right-hand girl as CAA and had been doing some independent management as well. We recently brought on a creative coordinator and we're looking to possibly bring on uh, another marketing coordinator and and we'll see how kind of how things staff out from there. But the goal is essentially to be able to help our clients on the creative side, help them on the marketing side, wherever they're needed. We work really closely with whatever other team members they have around them. And so, you know, as, as we look to bring somebody in on red light, then it would be, it would be similar thing. We would engage with them on the creative side and on the marketing side, and then whatever other support we need, we would bring that in as it's needed. We don't, we don't want to expand before it's, uh, before there's stuff for people to do, but we want to really keep up with the needs of every client that we have. Oh, that's exciting. Well, Noreen, let's let you jump in here a little bit. Being the newer member and and quite a quick career, that's pretty awesome, man. You're moving yeah. moving quick. I like I'm lucky. it. Lucky. <laughs> uh, talent has to be in there to, to to reach the level you have. There's definitely some talent behind there. But if you want to give us a a quick little short bio of yourself for the people out there that may not know you, totally. Yeah, um, started my career out at BMG Publishing. Um, met Daniel and Busby there. Um, was working a little bit on like the side with some pop writers in town just trying to get like my footing and figure out basically how to do the job before I had it um and luckily I had like a great mentor at BMG with Daniel to ask questions and bounce ideas off of and learn as much as possible so that when I did move into this role I felt like a lot more prepared than I probably should have <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah from from doing a lot of that stuff grew um, a lot of the work in the pop community that I've been doing recently and I've got to kind of bring that into Altadena with um, what we're passionate about and excited about because of Nashville's community that's already here, you know. So I just gathering from both these quick combos that, that you guys are just a, an artist focused company i would gather it's not really a genre focus correct like you're going to do whatever inspires you guys whether it be pop country and maybe even rocks i know you also have a background in like an alt alternative music and more mm -hmm. of the, the edge stuff like myself correct? yeah absolutely i mean it's just it's really meant to be career driven you know our roster right now is fairly equally divided between producers uh, i guess what you might call traditional songwriters or top liners and artists uh i think we recognize that in in some ways the um the the advantage that we have is the access on the label side and the ability to sign things and build things out but we're also very careful to uh to to let people know we're not looking to be a one-stop shop by any means what we're really looking to be is a hub as much as possible between these different assets and these different teams, these different resources. We want differing opinions at the table. We're not going to pretend like we can do this uh, ourselves on behalf of anybody, but we really want to, we want to be the best version of a partner to each of our partners, help to make their jobs easier where we can help to bring value wherever we can. And in no ways do we want to sort of wrap our arms around everything just because, you know, we think we, we think we know best in any particular regard. That's exciting. Um, you know, on my end, when I first started, when I was probably about in my career where you are, Noreen, I was in a tape room and I, like yourself, I, I always just saw other opportunities outside just the uh, country market. Although I, I, I love the country market. As a matter of fact, I, I remember sitting on a board and starting and work with a company. It was or a group. It was called the Nashville Entertainment Association. I had to look it up. I don't know if you, anybody remembers 
You guys might be a little young for that, but it was an NEA NES. extravaganza. Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, not the electric bill. <laughs> and I know that I, if I'm recalling correctly, Jim Zumwalt was actually involved in that. He's always been real heavy into the rock and yeah, the, the, the other side of the totally. music business. And it was very much structured in a similar way, in my opinion, of the South by Southwest, where they'd bring in all these different acts and labels from outside of town. And it was, it was really exciting times. But then... As things kind of do, that just kind of fizzled out over time and started to change. And so I've been really excited to see this new influx of, of you know, not to, I, just, I hate to just keep calling it pop, but just stuff that's outside our general market of country. And I've been seeing it grow. And again, I know that it's, a lot of that's been with a lot of the young people really just going out there and enjoying and creating this community, which has been really exciting. So, Noreen, if you want to touch on, because I know one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is I've, I've been watching you and some of the stuff you do with the, the writers and the community in particular and how you're trying to, to, to make a cohesive mm-hmm. unit out of that. Yeah, um, I think the way I went about it was out of a need for just... Um, like you said, community and a place for writers to meet other writers and to hear what's going on within their genre because there isn't really a spot for them to go see around or to meet industry people or um, to get feedback on songs because a lot of the organizations already in place and venues even are so country focused, like you said, just because that's what has been here. But um, I think coming out of just, you know, our generation of listening to every genre on the Spotify playlist, like writers just write whatever they think, you know, or they want to, whatever they're inspired by. Um, and that's kind of why I think writers here think, oh, wow, like even for in Nashville, we can write, you know, pop music, urban music, like Americana or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I've been kind of just trying to bring writers together and give them a space to feel comfortable to share songs and to get peer feedback and to meet other co-writers potentially and um, to meet even other publishers or managers and just to get insight on what's happening in other cities and just to get better songs out of here that are not country. And as you have that kind of a a intimate look at it, how are you Mm -hmm. feeling about that growth so far in the talent level here? Because I'll be honest, I'm more of a 30,000 foot because I have to stay focused on on what I typically do on a yeah. day-to-day basis, but I'm intrigued by some of the new writers and the music I'm hearing and and stuff. So I'm kind of curious at what you see as the in, uh, as they're coming in. What's that looking like, and, and what the talent levels looking like? Yeah, um, it's grown so much just from a year ago when I've been meeting with pop writers. I feel like there's just an influx of just, especially you think of like freshmen at Belmont. You know, it's all non-country the minority is country now which is super interesting um talent level i think you know we still have a long way to go but that's just because of how new the community is and i think um like as people make trips to other cities and they have access to resources the songs will just get better but um yeah i'm excited to see that even publishers that are typically in the country space signing pop writers because they're just excited by the talent and um the lyrical content and the weird production and you know different melodies that people are just bringing about and then you even see that somehow crossing into country sometimes so one of the things that sometimes gets bugs me. I mean, I love Nashville and it's ever since I've been here, I've always said and why I fell in love with the town was it's like this, 
and everybody says it. We are the true songwriting community. I don't think there's another air place that you're going to find the respect level and the love level that we have as a community just for the purity of songwriting. So well, one of the things I hear a lot is that's not pop enough for pop or that's mm -hmm. too country or, or whatnot. But I'm really starting to kind of feel that it's kind of creating its own genre or sound or whatever you want to call it. And actually, I read this. I can't take credit for it, but it's more like pop story as opposed to pop country or pop whatever. But it's, it is it is a little bit different than the, the other markets. And if you guys, either one of you can speak on if you see that same trend and how that might grow into mm -hmm. the future, because it's intriguing to me. I think that's spot on. I think it's it's something that has been uh, kind of bubbling for a minute, um, and you're starting to see it poke through in the marketplace a little bit now. Uh, when I was at BMG, there was a, a writer that I signed. I was based in Brooklyn, and uh, his first publishing deal, and he spent probably a year and a half coming to Nashville just really learning how to write songs, and it was interesting that he had he had a couple uh, pretty significant cuts in the country space, but his songs started really taking root in the pop world with high level artists, not because they were what the broader pop market was, but because they were a color that nobody really had on the palette. And I feel like uh, it's been fun to see him um, continue to elevate in his career, and I think bring just that sense of song craft into pop music writing. And he was getting those placements before he'd ever even visited Los Angeles. And he's since relocated there and, and is continuing to do really well. And then also at BMG, I uh, was working with Hillary Lindsay for a while. And it was interesting, you know, for a long time, anybody who was coming to town and wanting, you know, who didn't primarily try to write country hits uh, was kind of a pass because, because of that very thing that you said, you know, the songs would end up in no man's land so often. Um, and we started structuring those sessions a little bit differently where they weren't necessarily geared toward either market and finding the right producer to come in who wasn't going to shape the song toward any particular market. And what was interesting um, was that we started seeing those records get placed as either the more reactive or progressive versions of country songs, or like you're saying, the more storytelling and lyrically driven versions of pop songs. And so then those started to find a home. And then you have a song like you know, meant to be that is, uh, you know, I think the best commercial example of that thing so far. And so I'm going to be really curious to now see artists start to take that and turn it into a lane. And perhaps that eventually breeds a market because there is still the question of, you know, how do you package a tour? And some people have taken some really interesting approaches with that. I think Casey Musgraves was one of the early ones going out with Katy Perry. And you've seen more and more examples of that. And then where does it live on radio and meant to be sort of answered that question a bit. And so gradually you're sort of seeing those barriers come down. And I think, uh, I think as the market evolves, it's just going to allow for more and more of that on the creative side. It's always been recently that uh, companies like your own that are created with a broader vision. I know that, um, you know, Big Yellow Dog has done well. They're very, you know, forward thinking as a company and I'll give them their props for that. I mean, a lot of the majors have thrown someone in to say, hey, we got somebody pop represented. But I think it's going to take more of us really starting to pay attention to that as a whole unit and maybe some more companies with a broader look than than just here, which uh, are there. I'm, I'm trying to think. 
But other than you guys, I know Big Yellow Dog has done well in it. I can't think. Well, Smack is beginning to start broadening. That's right. They're, they're growing theirs pretty Tape hard. Tape yeah. Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Prescription is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's starting to turn into uh, a bit of a snowball effect. I think the things that we're missing at this point uh, is is an ecosystem and the industry infrastructure to support it. But even there, you you see more labels putting some boots on the ground from an A&R standpoint. Uh, you know, you see more just, you know, broader, whether it's the PROs or just industry organizations starting to add other people who aren't focused. And you mentioned earlier, yeah, it's like you don't necessarily want to call it all pop. And the best phrase that I've come up with is is non-country. I always want to be careful about that, too, because it's like those lines are really blurred. Yeah. And and never in talking about how excited we are about this, I mean, every bit is as excited about how healthy and dynamic the country market is mm-hmm. right now as well. And it's, it's really interesting to see those worlds start to uh, start to overlap, not just in a way where the sonics change, but in the way where ways of doing business start to bleed over in a positive way from both sides. And so I think we're starting to see a bit of that as well, mm-hmm. but I do think that it comes down to that industry infrastructure, being able to launch careers and then being able to create some sort of a culture here mm-hmm. Because the country-faced culture is so strong here just from having been entrenched for so long in a positive way. I mean, the city has embraced it, and and uh, and it's not that you want to topple that by any means, but you do have to recognize that whatever else starts to bubble here is going to have to – it's going to have, a, I guess, a steeper mountain to climb than if it were bubbling up in Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. or, you know – uh, wherever I mean, Virginia Beach had its kind of moment. You know, you have Seattle grunge. You have these different, these different sort of moments in time or genres or subgenres that are associated with a specific city. And it was really the culture within that city, Atlanta hip hop or whatever. And I'll be curious to see what Nashville's version of that becomes. And I think we're a little ways away from that, but it's going to be interesting. Daniel, well, you've been talking about the differences of, of pop and, and country and, and artist development. Do you see challenges or differences or or, or maybe some uh, unique same features to break an artist in both worlds? What, what do you see as the challenges are in there? Yeah, I think that uh, there's there's all of those. I mean, there's some really interesting overlap. And I think uh, I think you're starting to see greater overlap in certain regards. Um, and there are definitely some, some differences built in, I think partially just because of how the industry structures are built and have been built. I, th- I think a lot of people would agree that one of the, one of the real benefits and of Nashville, and I think why it attracts so many people is because it is somewhat of a knowable machine. We could all sit down and probably draw a blueprint of the majority of the industry. And we know these people and we know their roles and we know how to get to them and, and you can you can draw a roadmap of how you think a career might launch. Uh, that's that's not necessarily the case outside of of Nashville. And so you know again there are clear benefits that that come with that in terms of being able to plan and strategize. Um, I think that it also then can lead to what some people look at as as a bit of the downside of the Nashville music machine, for lack of a better term, which can be uh, some sort of a homogenous nature to it. And some of those things that need to get worked around, obviously not saying that that's the the case with the whole genre, but just just to acknowledge it. Um, And so you have you have that element in in non-country and especially in mainstream pop. It tends to be a bit more the Wild West. You know, you see things 
spike all over the country for a, a whole variety of reasons and on a whole variety of platforms. And a big part of it is just trying to figure out, is this is this real? Is there this, are there the seeds of an artist here? Are there the seeds of a career? Is this just a song that for whatever reason has some mojo on it and it's not necessarily going to lead anywhere beyond that? And then not only that, but if you determine that it is somebody or, or potentially somebody you might want to invest in, then it can be even more challenging to try and figure out, well, how do we release music that builds momentum? And how do you, how might you package a tour around this? Whereas in country, because so many great agents and the really great work the agencies have done here of building out these uh, touring networks and packages. Um, again, if you get to a certain amount of success with a certain number of songs, you can kind of plug into those things, assuming you have a, a great agent working on your behalf. So it, a lot of the differences come down, I think, to that specific thing, the the structured and kind of navigable nature of Nashville versus a bit of the of the wider open dynamic of of non-country um i think where you're starting to see some of those things merge really comes down to working within a lifestyle genre which country and urban are equally lifestyle genres there might be a lot of differences between them but i think I think there are probably more strategies that overlap between those two areas, even than mainstream country and mainstream pop music, because you have a certain demographic of people that may associate with a, with certain similar things and have certain similar tastes and interests and places of gathering and even some geographical similarities. And so if you can start to tap into some of those things, uh, you can get a leg up over some of the competition. And so I feel like there's probably even more lessons for commercial country to take from a hip-hop genre or vice versa than sort of this broader uh, just pop music, which frankly can be a little bit schizophrenic. It can be a variety of things. It's kind of like calling something country to me. It's sometimes it's just very broad. Pop and encompasses so much. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking of Old Town Road every time. I you're literally talking, just you were thinking about too. Yeah, <laughs> I was it was going through you're my like, head. Country and urban are not that different. I'm like, aren't they? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. depends on who you ask about that. You <laughs> Absolutely. Know? So the classic question I would throw out then, because you guys are kind of rooted in both, if you're a pop artist and you're here and you're starting to get some success, does that ultimate question come up? Do they have to move? Can you do it out of here? Has it happened out of here? Is it going to happen out of here? Or ultimately, do you still need to go to a an L.A. to make that kind of come together? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, and it actually plays directly into a handful of clients we're working with and prospective clients. Uh, I think that I think where we are right now in the best-case scenario is somebody who can exist to some degree in both areas, understanding that, I mean— some of it is just how pop records are made. And this is an over oversimplification for sure. But we've all heard a hundred stories of a country song that's been around for five or six years and pitched and pitched and pitched. And then finally it gets cut and is successful. I'm, I know there are examples of that in the pop space, but I think it's much more create, 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 create. And somebody sort of reaches into that river and pulls out something and says, oh, this is the one, this is the moment in time that I'm going to run with. And I think this can capture this artist and really reach a lot of people. And, and if you think about it, that necessitates very different ways of, of creating. I, I think a lot of people talk about how they'll write in LA and they never get finished demos back. And I think a lot of that is just 
the way that it works, it actually works better that way because unless something feels like it's going to be compelling or competitive, everybody's kind of just on to the next thing because these songs aren't sitting on shelves and being pitched for years and years. And so, um, and so because of that, there is definitely a must be present to win dynamic to LA. But at the same time, I think that if you can build certain skill sets in Nashville and then be here often enough to maintain and strengthen those, then you can actually go out to a place like Los Angeles and probably step in a bit above your pay grade simply because of the skills that you bring to the room, the ability to identify dynamic concepts and to really shape a lyric and get it across the finish line or on the production side to be somebody who, yes, can make a great beat, but also can really edit a song and understand where that's supposed to go. And to me, it's shaping a career that probably walks both of those lines where it acknowledges you must be present to win, but it also acknowledges that what is going to help you win is probably more prevalent in Nashville, at least at this time, than it is, uh, or at least is more concentrated in Nashville than it is in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think on um, the other end of that, I think moving to L.A. too early is a bigger hurdle, too. I feel like a lot of writers maybe are here for like a year and they're like, oh, well, nothing's happening in science. So let's move to L.A. And then they realize they like know no one and it's a lot harder to meet writers there, even though it's a bigger pool and people aren't as open to doing sessions just because you're another writer and deals are structured a lot differently out there and um yeah, so I think that's also a huge um, thing people keep doing. Well, kind of if I tell anybody, and given everything we've talked about, that our, this, the scene here is thriving. There are people here helping nurture and grow that, that I typically say, you know when it's time to do something. Like it, like you said, you I, I think I know the writer you're referring to that was in town, and it just made sense. It just was time for him to move. And, and But he stayed here and got his feet wet and really figured out, like you said, what, uh, what songwriting really is. And again, please, L.A. and anybody else, we're not saying you don't write songs, but we do do things a little differently here, and, and it does help. And you can stay here. Obviously, it's still cheaper for now. <laughs> not so much. It's getting there. It's we're true. trying to get to L.A. But really fast, but... I think that's a the great aspect of, of what we do is is eventually if you get to where they need to go, the, the market will tell them what to do. I, I think, would y'all agree with that eventually? Yeah, I agree 100%. Until, as you both had mentioned, the infrastructure gets to a point where they can come out of here. But I, I don't think we're, I, we're just not there yet. We're not yeah. there yet as an industry. I'll say this. I think it's going to be exciting to see that take shape. I think we'll probably start to see it, you know, in the next three to five years. And it's it's really exciting for me thinking that we are going to walk that road and be, and be part of that the same way, you know, Barry Gordy was with Motown or, uh, you know, think about the early grunge bands coming out of Seattle, just all of those, you know, we're part of, we're paving the road right now. And this is something, an analogy I've used, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, um, and we may not all even see the full benefits of doing that. But it's different when you're the ones paving the road rather than when you're the ones walking down it. And uh, but, but it's also exciting to be part of that. This is Tim Hunzey, and thank you for listening to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. We'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast in your favorite platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to stay on top of the latest news, events around music publishing and songwriting. AIMP Nashville Pubcast is created by executive producers Del Bobo and yours truly, Tim Hunsey. 
producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks for listening and supporting AIMP Nashville Pubcast. <laughs>